This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Hey, Michael. I'm going to say a name, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind, all right? All right, I'm game. All right, cool. Here we go. Bob Mesta. Ah, Bob Mesta, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, He's been a guest on here several times. Um, He's the president and CEO of the Rewired Group. But what really comes to mind is the framework that he helped develop, Jobs to be Done. That's right, Jobs to be Done, which, as you know, it's become ultra popular with so many product people. I know, you know, if we think of sort of big names like Jason Fried of Basecamp and Des Trainer of Intercom. They all talk about how utilizing jobs to be done within their respective companies has pretty much changed the game for them. 
we've done full episodes on jobs to be done in the past featuring Bob um, and some other jobs thinkers. And for those who haven't listened to them, it's probably good to go back and check those out. But it's not a prerequisite to this episode by any means. For sure. For sure. And we'll we'll definitely be talking about jobs in this episode, but in a little bit of a different way than we have in the past. Oh, yeah. How's that? Well, I have to warn you, Michael, you might get a little jealous here. (laughs) Okay. Okay. In this episode, we actually focus a little bit on my business, Product Collective, and the conference we put on every year, Industry, the Product Conference. And Bob Mesta, well, he pretty much becomes my personal jobs-to-be-done mentor, so he can help make the conference even better for product people. Yeah, I'm jealous. (laughs) I told you that you would be, but... We're doing this because my hope is that by focusing on a real business, in this case, mine, in hearing Bob coach us through real jobs to be done interviews, it could be helpful for product people who can apply a lot of what Bob talks about into their business. So with that, here we go. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. In season four of Rocketship, we are diving into everything product and growth. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We're your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. So how did you get Bob Mesta, who helped create Jobs to be Done in the first place, to become your Jobs to be Done mentor? Well, okay, you know Bob spoke at the conference this past fall. Um, In fact, his talk and workshop was one of the highest rated talks that we've ever had at any industry conference we've ever put on. And he's actually going to be joining us in Dublin, Ireland this April as we bring industry to Europe. But when we were at industry, I was sharing with him how we like to treat the conference as a product. And so attendee interviews, those are super important to us. And they've definitely helped shape the conference and just how it's evolved over the past few years. But a lot of times, admittedly, you know, I'll conduct these interviews. And at the end, I'll think to myself, like, Am I doing this right? Yeah, qualitative feedback can always be tricky. It's not as cut and dry as quantitative feedback, although it can definitely be eye-opening. So what was Bob's take? Well, he understood where we were coming from, but then he said something. He was like, well, hey, look, I'd be up for doing some interviews with you if you ever thought it could be helpful. And you took him up on that. Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, look, I don't know if he just sort of offered that up in passing, but I was definitely not going to miss out on that opportunity. And actually, it was just a couple of weeks ago where my partner, Paul, and I had a call with Bob to talk about how to approach jobs to be done interviews in general. And here's part of the conversation that Paul and I had with Bob. We want to make sure we cover today. What, what, what can we help the most with? We like doing attendee interviews, right? And we're trying to use those attendee interviews to keep making the conference better. It's what went into making changes for industry 2018. But I'll totally admit, I feel like we'll do these interviews and I'm like, I have no idea if I'm doing this right. There's definitely a big part of me that's wondering, am I not writing down the things I should be writing down? You know, like, am I not taking away the things I should be taking away? So that's a big thing for me. Paul, I know you're... Yeah, I'm also interested in um, not just the, the information we can get in regards to positioning, but how can our conference change in regards to what we what we learn from these jobs to be done thing? Is there yep, yep. is there something remarkably different we could be doing with our conference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, let's start with the with the interview part, right? I think the thing is, is on the interview, it's it's in the hardest part for you because it's it's almost like your product, your service that you're doing is that that you're so interested in kind of what they say about it 
and you literally have to just let it go. Like, especially if you're recording the calls, you can come back to that stuff. Ultimately, what you're trying to do is make sure you can understand, like it from their perspective, what they saw, what they heard, what they felt, and why did they come? It's a level below of like, well, my friend was going and, you know, I thought it was good, but, you know, and I had been to a conference in a long time, right? You got to dig way, way past that. So they're going to give you these surface answers and you got to think of yourself as a detective to be really like, okay, like, so wait, who's the friend and why do you follow what the friend says? And then you got to dig in to say, is it like, are you just always following what friends say? And I'm looking to a certain set of people for ideas. And so it's like when somebody important to me tells me something about what I do, I'm going to go. And so it's like, that would mean it's like a networking based thing where you've got to find the influencers and they'll bring a whole bunch of people. So, so this is, this has got to be dug way beyond their first answer. And, and what I would say is all the real magic happens around between 25 and, and 40 minutes. Like it's, it's like they actually got pre-programmed answers for almost everything you're asking until you get to that level where they kind of run out of answers and then they start to dig deeper for what's there. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Now. Back to the show. So Bob said the real magic happens within 25 to 40 minutes. How long had your attendee interviews typically been in the past? Around like 20 to 30 minutes. And, you know, I was always thinking that scheduling them that way would be respectful of the attendee's time. You know, like I didn't want to say, hey, can you take an hour out of your schedule to sit down with us? But now, well, especially when Bob told me that, I just realized that we're just missing out on a lot of that magic that Bob's talking about. You might not be getting any of the magic. You could be right. But anyway, I started to share with Bob an example of one attendee interview that I had recently conducted. And one of the challenges for me had been being able to really dig in with the attendee who actually had attended our conference multiple times. And I wanted to uncover what brought him back again and again. And I remember recalling to Bob what I had asked the attendee. Take me back to the time where you knew, like, you made that decision. You were coming back to industry. And he's like, yeah. I- when I walked out the door last year, I was like, right. Okay. okay. Yeah. You made the decision, but you didn't really do shit between now and, and this point before you registered. So like you, 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 in your mind, you had like that first thought, yeah, I should come back. But it's like, what about it would say I should come back? Why, like what was there that say I should come back? And then it's like, when it came up, you know, did it, was it really, oh, I got to go? Or it was like, yeah, I just don't want to miss out. Or it's like, you know what? I need a, it comes at the right time of year that I get a break. I think part of it is, is we should just do an interview together so you can see like how how deep you have to go. And so if Bob's offer at the conference was just in passing, well, that offer was pretty clear. <laughs> For sure. So when Bob was explaining how deep a true jobs to be done interview needs to go, it sounds pretty intense. He said the magic happens. What was it again? 25 to 40 minutes? Yes, but it actually requires even more than that. I mean, there's the interview itself. And then there's the debrief session afterwards. And well, I'll just let Bob outline what's all involved. And we need, you know, we need about a, a two hour block where we have a, a, an hour to do the interview. And then we need a full hour to debrief. 
So like, it takes me a good hour to debrief every interview. It's sitting down and saying, what pushed them? The other thing to me is you have to also start to bring in other conferences. So for you, competition is no conference, like, yeah, I'm just too busy, right? Like versus, hey, I'll get something out of it versus, hey, I'm gonna go to business of software or what is it, mine the product or like, I, I don't know what else. So before else? the interviews with attendees started, how did you, Paul and Bob actually prepare for the interview? Was there any sort of prep involved? Well, some, but not necessarily specifically about the attendee we were interviewing, but Bob was helping us get a sense for what exactly we should be trying to uncover and what we might actually do with the information that we do find out. The one other thing I would make sure we, we talk to people about or that you guys start to talk about is anybody who went to 17, it's like, what, what are the one or two things that you left with that you actually ended up using in, it, in, it, in whatever form they did and get the story? Like, so what was the most useful thing and what it, like, how did it manifest itself? Because it, that's the language we want. It's like, yeah, I was able to talk to my team about this and we we're able to actually start thinking and having different conversations. So, and I'm making that up, but it's like, if all of a sudden it's like we hear different conversations, it's like, you know, if you want to change the conversation at, at your standups, you know, industry can help you do that. And here's blah, 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 who basically came, learned about this, and now started to talk about these things. So, and it's people going like, yeah, we feel like we're having the same conversations over and over and over again. Like industry can help change conversations. So part of this is getting it to what's the highest level. And so to me, ultimately the job, the, the reason why they come and the value they get are disconnected. Meaning they, they'll, they'll come for one reason, but when they leave and they do something else, it's like, oh, this was what was most valuable. And they nine times out of 10, they didn't anticipate it. And so part of this is being able to connect the difference between why they're coming and make sure we deliver on some of that. But the real value comes on the unintended things that they get that, that literally make it like, wow, you know, I, I didn't even anticipate having changing conversations. So it might be we say nothing about it, but then when we're following up saying, hey, you know, we're getting this thing of people having uh, different conversations in their standup. Does this happen to you? Share it here. And all of a sudden- now that start is interesting. It. And I get it. It could be easy for an attendee to say that they're attending a conference like industry to learn from respected product people, right? But the value that they get out of it probably goes way deeper, but you wouldn't really know that until you go through the experience. Exactly. So we might position the conference one way because we know that an attendee that's never come before, they think they're going to get value out of industry a certain way. But we also know that they're likely going to get the most value out of something totally unexpected. Anyway, I felt like I was already learning a lot from Bob and we hadn't even started the interview. But at this point in the conversation, I was definitely itching to get going. I was ready to find that attendee and be Bob's sidekick and learn. And Paul and I asked Bob, how do we frame up that conversation when we actually get an attendee to interview? So what, what I'll show you is when we do the interview, um, you want to be able to set it up in a way and say, look, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I get your story and, and I'm only trying to get language. So tell me your story and the fact is I don't need it sugarcoated. I don't need any of the, you know, so think of it as I'm going to shoot a documentary and I, I'm, I'm going to ask you some tough questions and I, I need you just to be as brutally honest as you can with me. And as soon as you set it up that way, you know, they say a nice thing because it's just almost gut reaction. And, and then you just call them out like, OK, what does that mean? It was cool. Like cool is like, like I, I don't know how to cause cool. So what, like what was cool about it? What was not cool about it? Now, Bob's bringing up some philosophical questions. I mean, what is cool anyway? <laughs> yes. One of the key questions of life. What is cool? 
<laughs> so I take it that all of this led to an actual attendee interview. How did you go about finding somebody to interview? It sounded like you were looking for somebody that had actually attended industry in the past. Yes. I mean, we definitely wanted to talk to somebody that had attended industry. But at first, we were hoping to talk to a first-time attendee, somebody that had attended in 2017, but not any time before that. And Paul and I started to talk through whether or not we should have any sort of guardrails beyond that. My ideal candidate for this is somebody from definitely far away. It's a flight. Right. Um, but kind of a, you know, senior product manager at Acme, you know, and we're like, oh, I don't even remember that person, you know, or I just about do. Okay. Um, and you're like, why was that person there? You know, where it doesn't kind of make too much sense. And, and saying somebody that, at least in this time, somebody that came by themselves just so that we're not... I falling so. into the mix of, or yeah. or maybe it's somebody you know maybe they came two or three people or whatever those two or three people all thought this is a worthwhile experience to go to um but i think i'd be inclined to pick a person who just came by themselves type of company did you do we want to even like kind of look at that or not really well i mean so aside from being software yeah yeah like, that's what i was gonna say like 80 percent of the people were at least 80 percent were software so i think software then that's it you know um, is it the, do we look by industry, um, size of company? Um, right. Right. Well, the answer is that we do all these things, but for this particular one. What ah, so with all of that, who did you find? That is for you to find out next episode, Michael. <laughs> oh man, you're going to make me wait a I'm going to make you wait a week, but it's worth it. We're going to dig in. Bob's going to interview. I'm going to be on the line. I'm going to be filling up my notebook and hopefully our listeners will too. I love it. All right. We'll be back here next Wednesday. If you want to find out more about rocketship.fm, go to rocketship.fm. It's pretty simple, right? Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, so you don't miss future episodes in this series. And if you like today's episode, Tell a friend. Or two friends, or a lot of friends. We would love it if you would spread the word. And when you can, go to rocketship.fm and scroll all the way down and leave your email with us. We'll let you know about upcoming episodes, but we'll also get you in on a Slack channel with thousands of other product people and all sorts of other good stuff that we know you'll be interested in. So go to rocketship.fm and sign up for our newsletter. If you enjoy this content, leave us a quick review. Um, or tell a friend or share the link on Twitter. Anything helps to get the word out about the show. We really appreciate it. We'll be right back here in just a couple of days. Well, or do we, um, I think, he says it in the clip, I'm thinking we finish it after clip six. You say, and right after clip six, you say, and so with all that, who did you find? And, and I I basically say, ah, that's for you to find out next episode or something like that.